Thank you uh, for those that got interviewed, and thank you, Ben. Um, all of the video is going to be been, been well shown. So there's a quote and a famous poem by Robert Browning called, it says, grow old along with me, the best is yet to be. And I think all of us yearn for somebody to grow old with, someone that will be with us as many, through many, many stages of life. And so we have brought to you a panel of marriages in many, many different stages of life from very early marriage, as you, uh, many of you are at the wedding of um, Matt or Chachi and Allison Liberio in December, on December 20th. They have not been married, I think it's, well, we'll see, they'll, ha they'll have an intro video in just a minute, we won't give it too much away, um, to what we would call mid-range, not mid-life <laughs> marriage. <laughs> Um, with, you know, rearing kids, um, and that is uh, Pastor Sean and Brandy Webb, who we have an honor to be here. And then we've got our, I guess we could say, seasoned married couple, who have been married for 55 years. And this is Dr. Charles Kendrick and his lovely wife, Miss Vivian. And we have a few different, uh, they have told their, either stories on video, so we're going to start one of those in just a moment, and then we're going to go to um, Allison and Chachi's time. But real quick, before we show this video, I want to pray for Allison's head. She's having a really bad headache right now, and I just believe God can touch her as she ministers to us, so I'm going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, God, that you are a healer, God. And I just pray, God, that you would touch Allison's body, God. I thank you you would protect this community of students as uh, sicknesses are going around, Lord. And just keep them strong, God. And I just pray, God, that they would get the rest that they need, that they would get the nourishment that they need to stay strong and healthy in their bodies, God. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm Chachi. And this is our story. Um, we met when we were freshmen in college, and we were friends um, for a long time, like two years. Mm -hmm. We were friends, and um, then we started dating after he begged me and, like, tried to get me to go out with him for a long time, and I was totally not interested. I remember she'd come and visit me and she'd put her arm around me as we um, watched a movie together and I was like, oh this girl, she seems interested in me, but she didn't want to admit it, so I would have to kind of talk to her and say, hey, is this going to go anywhere? And she would say, no, it's not, I'm not interested in you. So this happened about three or four times and I was like, fine. if." you don't want to date me, I'm not going to give you any more attention. And then a couple days later, she was like, okay, maybe I do like you, and maybe I want to date. Um, we started dating um, at a Chi Alpha event, a retreat, and we started dating. And um, we dated for um, exactly two years. After about six months, she started asking me when we were going to get, like, insinuating engagement ring, I want a ring, I want a shiny ring, this is the ring I want, and I pretended like I wasn't paying attention for a year and a half. Um, and then, I guess, uh, the Christmas before we got married, I had, she'd gone out of town with the family, and I had gone to the mall and I bought a ring without anybody knowing, and I kept it in my bottom drawer for like three and a half months, and then I, I um, surprised her. Uh, she was actually, I guess, angry with me at the time, and I took her out to dinner, and she was really crabby and wanted to go home and go to bed. And I was like, no, we're going to the park. We're going to spend time together because it's what we do because we're a couple. And we did that and I gave her the ring and she was really surprised because she thought it was never going to happen. And then she said, uh, well, we should have a date picked up by the end of the month. And two days later, she picked a date. And wedding planning was so much fun. And I picked out my dress and the flowers and the cake. It was Awesome. Uh, we got married on December 20th, and um, it was perfect. It was so easy. 
everything worked out and it was wonderful and um, we have been married for 40 days um, on this recording day <laughs> and um, what was it like being married? It's been the most magical time of my life. <laughs> oh, that's great, right? sweetie. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 How about you? Um, it's been fun. Yeah, are you done? <laughs> <laughs> it is being fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. It really shows me of my commitment to yours. sweet <laughs> they are in the fantasy phase <laughs> all right so I'm gonna ask them the questions that you had for them and I tell you what this is a bold couple over here because they're diving in with the one that I thought that they would shrink away from so here we go we're gonna get real with this um, so our first question is is sex all it's cracked up to be was it awkward at all on your wedding night Watch us out. Okay, the reason we started with this question is because it makes all the other ones not so bad. <laughs> Especially for our, our friends up here, you should be lucky that we do this first. <laughs> it should be easier after this. Um, I get to answer. Um, I think, I think, uh, yes, it's awkward. I don't know how to answer that question. Yes, it is all it's cracked up to be. No, it's not. I don't, it's a loaded question, really. Um, but it, it was kind of awkward, but I, I think it's more because, for at least for our perspective, um, you have these certain expectations you have going into it. You walk into it thinking, like, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how I expect it to be. I hope I do everything right because I don't want to let her down and I hope she feels the same way. <laughs> I hope my brother one feels that way. It was like the most dramatic thing in my whole life. <laughs> Is that good? Yeah, I don't know. Are we done with this one? That's all you wanted to know. Now all the guys can leave. I, the I, I've been asked that question. I've been asked that question like 30 times in like two weeks after I got married. So I wanted to get it out of the way. It's done. We're done. Well, thank you for thank you for being open. All right. Some of these are very long questions, so bear with me. Um, consider the biggest obstacle in your pre-married relationship. How did you overcome it? What tax tactics did you take to accomplish this? Did you compromise or agree to disagree? How did you grow closer through the difference? It's a good thing that I have this written down. Because I wouldn't even remember the beginning. Okay, um, what was the biggest obstacle in our pre-married relationship and how did we overcome? Um, one of, probably the biggest one in most dating relationships is our physical relationship and that was probably the hardest thing um, in our dating relationship. How did we overcome? No. <laughs> um, how did we overcome? Well, um, first we tried to set all these rules, like you can't come over to my place, and um, and we can't hang out when it's dark, and you know, all these rules, and they kind of worked temporarily, but it was really took a heart change to say, okay, you know what? We're gonna stick this out until we get married, and it'll be worth it, and it's gonna suck now, but it'll work out later. And so once we had that heart change and that attitude change, it was a whole lot easier to get through that. Um, did you compromise or agree to disagree? Well, obviously we compromised. You can't agree to disagree on something like that. I'm gonna be physical and you're not. <laughs> I mean, and we're just gonna have to agree to disagree. Um, And the last question is, how did you grow closer through the difference? 
Um, we learn to communicate more effectively and just be more open with stuff that's kind of awkward to talk about. Yeah, I mean, that, I think when she's talking about uh, the heart change, um, I really want to emphasize that because, like, that's something we really had to struggle through to find um, really how it worked because um, most of you don't have a wedding day picked out, so it's like an endless relationship or you're not even in a relationship, so it's just going to take forever. But for us, we had a stage like that, especially for her, because we were never going to get married from her perspective. And... Um, it really kind of kind of took us back to what's the purpose of this relationship in the first place, and is our attitude in the right place? Is it based on what we want, or is it is it based on what how God designed this relationship? So I think you have to kind of totally radically change your perspective on I'm going to follow these rules because it's what I'm supposed to do because I'm not supposed to do anything until we're married. And instead, because that's just regulations and there's no fruit in that really. But if you have those. Um, if you have an attitude, then you're gonna you're gonna have a desire to walk in that and to to be disciplined in in that aspect. So that's next question, I guess. Okay. How is the first? Well, you haven't been married yet for two months, but almost two months of marriage different from the two months before marriage together. What is most expected and what is most surprising about these time periods? Okay. Um, well, I think um, the two months before, um, what was expected um, was it was really fast-paced. And it was like, down at the end, you know, it's like, there's only two months left. And it kind of becomes reality, like, you know, we're going to do this and it's coming up soon. Um, and it was really awkward because it was like, we were kind of transitioning you know, and we weren't married yet, but we were going to be married. Um, and what was surprising for me was that um, there was less temptation in our relationship because it was like there was an end in sight and there was a goal. And it was like, we only have to make it two more months. And it made it a lot easier than, you know, two years prior when it's like, you know, forever. And um, <laughs> But when she had this date set, it was like, okay, I can be good for two more months. <laughs> So it was a lot, that was surprising to me because I thought that was going to be like the worst. Like I thought it was going to be like, don't even look at me because um, it would just be that awkward, but it wasn't. Um, after the marriage, um, I was kind of surprised that it wasn't that different, that um, our relationship was kind of the same. It's not like, um, yeah, it's not like an on-off switch where it's like radically different. It's just, um, he lives with me now, and so it's kind of like, you know, I have him around more often, so that was the biggest difference. Do you have anything? No. Okay. Cool. Thank you. What are some things you should know before getting married? Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, you have to be responsible, like, in a day. Like, you're engaged, and then you're married, and it's like your responsibilities change completely. It's like you automatically have to be a mature person. And I feel like that when now I have like three insurance bills to pay every month. So <laughs> I got to pay for all of her stuff too. That comes quick. Um, and also like, you know, I get to cook and clean and um, it's not so bad having to, having to clean up after her as I would have to clean up after Peter or Travis. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I think the whole thing is just your responsibilities change. You just become a, you know, there's a lot more maturity involved. So it happens. All right. This person says, I feel like I am getting closer to putting God first. When will I know that I am close enough to him to begin a relationship with someone? And what do you do if your spiritual authority tells you you're not ready for a relationship? Marathon question. Um, okay, I feel like I'm getting closer to beginning God first when I know that I'm close enough to him to be to begin a relationship with someone. The way I look at it is, it's like it's not really a contest between a significant other and God. I think that's the way um, I guess believers look at relationships, and it's like 
okay, I've been, I've been disciplined in this, and I've read my Bible every day for three weeks, so I think I'm good enough to have, be in a relationship now. And it's, it's not really like, it's not a contest like a thermometer. Like, I'm at 90 degrees with God, so if I get in a relationship with, with someone, it's, it's not going to... It's not going to take down my relationship with God. And I think that's the wrong perspective to have, really. I think you really have to look at it as, um, does my relationship with God flow out to all my relationships and everything that I do? And if I think, if you're walking in that, then it doesn't matter if you're having a relationship with a sign- like, a, like a, a man or a woman, like uh, a girlfriend or boyfriend, or if you have a relationship with your roommates or your parents or your brothers and sisters. It should be like that in all your relationships. There shouldn't be anything different that, that is different in a, in a relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend. So I think that's, that's a priority that you need to kind of just like re-examine because it's, it's not really about a contest. Um, if your spiritual authority tells you you're not ready for a relationship, I don't know why you disagree with them. They're, they're, they have no interest in that. Like, I don't want you to date because it hurts me. Like, there's no, they're only saying that for, because it's for your own good. And if they are saying that, um, instead of fighting that, you should probably think about or talk to them about why they see that in you and what you can work on. Because it's a growing opportunity. And, um, and they really care about you. If you, if, you, if you don't have a spiritual authority, then maybe you should look into getting one because it's a blessing. It really is. All right. And then the last question is, when you get married, do you keep friends of the opposite sex? You do not keep your own friends of the opposite sex. We have friends that are mutual friends, um, that are probably girls that are more my friends than his friends, but he would consider them friends, but he wouldn't call them up and chat, and I wouldn't call up a guy and just chat and be like, how was your day? I want to tell you that you know, I had a really bad day and that you know, class didn't go well. It's just not really appropriate, but I wouldn't say that I wouldn't have any guys that I consider friends because I do have friends um, that are the opposite sex. They're just more his friends. I think that's a hard concept for people who either aren't in relationships or are newly in relationships because a lot, I hear a lot like, he's my best friend from a girl and she's my best friend from a guy. And um, I really think you're going to have to consider like, who are you going to commit to? Who's more important to you? And uh, when you think about that, it's not so hard to think about. It's not like you have to say, I can't talk to you anymore, but you know, just reprioritize. So thanks, guys. All right, guys, give them a hand. We answered some really good questions. All right, we're going to show a video introducing our next couple. We're Sean and Brandy Webb. Uh, we've been married for almost 17 years, uh, 17 wonderful years. That's right. That, that is right. It's been been good. Uh, you know, I figured, you know, we've tried 17, we'll, we'll do it for 17 more, at least, right? See how it goes. Yeah. I said that after year one, too. <laughs> I wasn't so sure. <laughs> year one was great also. Year one's always the toughest year. It is a hard year, but it was, we struggled. Uh, more financially because we were young, he was in school, I was only 20 years old, he acted like he was 17. <laughs> I still, still does, like. right. Um, so it's hard, getting married so young was difficult, but um, we knew we were called to ministry and so we just planned for that and worked toward that. We lived in Springfield away from our family and friends, um, so it was it's kind been- of a struggle. It's been good though. It's been a it's been a nice up and down relationship, but we've uh, we've enjoyed it. Yes, it has. It's not up and down. Sure, we all everybody has ups and downs. Don't mind what she says. Everybody has ups and downs. It, it's been it's been good though, right? Yes. Yeah, it's been excellent. Excellent. It's been great. Great. <laughs> well, I met him because I was dating a friend of his named Shane for a long time. What, like two years, probably. <laughs> so my- this time is relative. When you're in high school, that's a long time. It is a long time. But um, anyway, we just met through him and through their church and started hanging out together. We were friends for a long time and um, finally decided that we were more than friends and- um, She couldn't get enough of him. Yeah, it was all him. But he would leave his girlfriends at home 
early from a date and come to my house and hang out with me for the rest of the evening. And so then we knew. We knew that there was something more. <laughs> there were times when we would go to the Mustangs and Las Colinas and run through the fountains. And uh, where is that? You just said it was Las Colinas. Well, no, but there's another place where we would run through the fountains. Oh, the water gardens. The water gardens in Fort Worth. Yeah, if you've never been, it's kind of neat. So you're not supposed to get in there, but everybody did. It's a cheap date. It was a cheap date, Free. so it was fun. Um, but we got married in 92. Yes. August 92. August 92. And it's been bliss ever since. <laughs> bliss. We have a 12 year old daughter. Her name is Cassie. <laughs> and uh, so we've had some trying times. She was born really early, and we've had some loss in our life. And uh, I think it makes a marriage stronger when you can go through difficulties and go through trials and suffering. But we um, some of the down times I was talking The down about. times, I see. So you Didn't have anything to do with me. Just no, stuff. I'm just talking about our marriage. Okay. We've had ups and downs. But um, the Lord's really been faithful, and He's blessed us. And we couldn't ask for anything more. I feel like I'm with John and Kate plus eight. Right. You notice that? But we have Sean and Brandy plus one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway, it's been great. It's been I great. Love her. Um, we work me. together every day. Yes. Not a lot of people can say that. So we work together every day. We're with each other pretty much 24-7. And if you can do that, you can do anything. It's good. That's it's true. Good stuff. We've only ever had one vehicle. We've always driven one vehicle. I know that's kind of an interesting tidbit of trivia. I have a motorcycle. He does have a motorcycle. Most of them know that because they've seen me. Right. Right. So it's been a good, good, good 17 years. Um, well, almost 17 years. Almost. And Sean says we're going to try for 17 more. At least. See how it goes. <laughs> Isn't it a blessing to have people share your, their stories with 17 you? 17 great years. 17 great years. It's been great. <laughs> excellent. You are a great, excellent, blissful couple. That's exactly right. <laughs> Don't you forget it. We have some great questions for you guys. All right. Are you ready for your questions? Yes. All righty. Um, First of all, how do you show each other you love each other in those times you don't like each other very much? I don't see that question written down. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't waste your time making jokes. She's the one that wrote down all the notes, so I'll let her answer first. This is one of those times, by the way. No. <laughs> Show the love. We're showing the love. Um, really it's just about respect and honor and being submissive to one another regardless of your feelings your feelings only last about two years <laughs> don't they charles you you love each other a lot and you're just so enamored with each other but after a while you just know it's a commitment and um because the feelings and the attractiveness and all the things like that come and go and, and tend to fade sometimes and you can't depend on those physical things, you have to know that you're committed and that you respect each other and you love each other regardless, and um, that God is the center of your marriage, and you just have to, I think, respect and submission um, to each other as the spiritual authorities that we have in each other's lives. Um, does that make sense? How do we show each other that we love each other even when we don't like each other? I think it's a choice. I think it's just a choice that you make. I, I choose not to ever be at that place where I don't like her. I choose to never go there. Uh, I always love her. She is likable. I mean, look at her. But I just choose that. I, I choose to always love her. At our worst times, I love her. And I know that at my worst, she always loves me. And it's just a choice that we make. Great. Um, what do you do if you love a person but hate the idea of marriage? You go first. You reevaluate your love for that person. I think. Um, I don't think you need to 
put yourself in a position of being in love or falling in love with somebody if you're not totally sold out to marriage. You don't need to put yourself in a position nor put the other person in a position to receive that love and give away parts of your heart and take some parts of other of another person's heart if you're not totally committed to the idea of marriage. Um, marriage is not a must. The Bible talks about it not you know being better so you can completely devote yourself to the lord but if you do get married um then you've got you've got stuff and you've got the bible actually says you have troubles and you have things and and cares that you have to worry about now you have a husband and you have children and or you have a wife and you have children so there are things you have to think about and, and be concerned with um so if you don't like the idea of marriage then you don't need to put yourself in a place where you're going to be falling in love with anybody God gives us different types of loves. There's brotherly love, there's family love, there's love between a man and a woman. And if that's the type of love that you feel, then the next step would be marriage in that, because that's what God has ordained. And it's very clear, Paul tells us in Corinthians, he's, he's very clear. He says that, I, he's speaking from a single man's perspective, and he says, I wish that all of you were single, that you wouldn't do it, but... That's not the way it works out. And he goes on to tell you, and I believe he's speaking to people that are in this particular situation. Allison even made mention where, where her and Chachi were. And she said that it sucks sometimes, but you, you have a goal set in front of you, and you see those things. And I believe that that's specifically what Paul was speaking to. We went through that even ourselves, because you're, there's a physical attraction that's there. Everybody, like she said, everyone, everyone's enamored with one another. You have an infatuation period that you go through. But he is very clear, and he says specifically, it's better to marry than to burn with passion. So if you have that love for a person, and that's the type of love that you feel, then the next, the next step that's going to take place is marriage, or, or you're not feeling the type of love. It's not a godly love. It's not a love for that person that he's given you. It's a lust for that person. Thank you. I think that's a really good, relevant question for this time. And thank you, guys. Um, this is another one of those really long marathon questions, so we'll try it. How many hours a week do you set aside for your spouse? And then it goes into before kids and after kids, and how do you balance time with church, work, kids? So basically, how do you manage your time uh, with each other? It's a little bit different for us because, like she said in our video, we're, we're together 24-7 pretty much. Uh, we're on staff together at the church where we work at. We both serve in pastoral roles. Uh, we're together all the time. We only have the one vehicle, so there's not much that we're not even riding together or anything. So it's, it's a little bit different situation for us, but even though we're together all the time, I can understand the point of the question because there's other times that we still have to set aside that are just our time. And uh, yes, we do still go on dates. We make plans to go on dates. We get babysitters. Sometimes we take Cassidy with us. Uh, I'm, I'm big on family. Monday is our off day, so we make sure that we always do something together on Mondays. Um, and I, I like having Cassidy around as well. We don't, we don't take vacations without our kids or anything like that. We, I want my whole family with me um, because that's just the way I feel about it. We got a lot of ringing going because I think we're right in front of the monitor. So sorry about that. Um, but it's it's something that that we do have to set aside time for one another. We prioritize that. We make sure that it happens. I make sure that we set side, set times aside. I do ask her on the date, uh, and those are always good dates. Sometimes she asks me, which I always like those times. What's that? You always pay. Yeah, I do always pay. It'd be nice if I could just get a reach, just a reach for the check, just a reach. Basically, I think it's just God first, spouse second, family last. So if you have those priorities in order, if, you, if your relationship with the Lord comes first, and then your relationship with your spouse, and once you have kids, you'll understand, because it's hard to um, transition that focus, both of you to transition that focus on your children or on your child, and um, it makes it more difficult. But if you can always remember just to keep those priorities straight, um, your spouse should always come before your children, um, no matter no matter what. And it's difficult as a parent to to kind of see that and balance it, but it works. And if you if you keep those priorities straight, then it will it will work. It'll work. Specifically, okay, this one is specifically for Sean. Okay. It says, to the man, 
<laughs> do you ever feel like your wife is more spiritually mature than yourself? What do you do about it? Never. <laughs> I like the what do you do about it? I think that there have been times that I probably have thought that. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's something that I strive to, to make not happen. To be honest with you, uh, that's my responsibility, and I don't take it lightly. I want to be the spiritual head of my household. Uh, I want to be the provider. I want to I do all those things. Uh, we've been in full-time ministry for a lot of years, since November of 93. But as much as I take pleasure in doing that, what I take joy in is being a husband and a father. That's, that's what I do. That's what I take joy in the most. And I'm glad that that's my role. I'm glad that the Lord has let me do that. Uh, and so I always try to be the head of the household. If I hear from the Lord, I make sure that I share it with Brandy. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe that... Uh, I don't believe that the woman is ever the head, not to, not to put a damper on anything or anything like that, but at the same time, she is ordained of the Lord to be my helpmate and on the, all these things and anything that I hear from the Lord even, I trust in that and I submit those things to her as well though because there is a partnership that goes on. And I think that just like anything else, that spiritual maturity in a marriage is something that is constantly growing. And uh, I think that I've grown, don't you, in that? But yes, I will be honest, there have been times I've looked at her and thought, yeah, she's way more, she's, but of course I thought she was more mature than me anyway. Even, even though I'm older, I always thought she was more mature. But I do think that the Lord has, has placed me as the head of the house, yes. All right, this is the kind of question that could start an argument because it's about arguing. <laughs> What do y'all argue about the most, and what issue do y'all find yourselves running into over and over again? Hair on the bathroom floor. Because <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> no, I'm just That's crazy. <laughs> and our daughter's curly hair, too, and so it's just it's inevitable. Uh, no, there's always just little things, I think, that that you nitpick. Uh, I think that everyone can relate to that. But I will say that a lot of times when, whenever those things happen, a lot of times my day has dictated that and the things that I've dealt with the day and how have I kept myself in check during the day. If I've kept myself in check during the day and I, I'm, more, I'm more in tune with the Lord and, and I'm walking the right way and doing things I should be doing, I don't notice a lot of those things, um, but though, just it's just little things, things in the house, things like that. I am OCD to a point, and she's not. <laughs> yeah, she's not <laughs> at all, at all. That's enough. No, he has, you know, he just has things he likes certain ways, just because that's how he is, and so it's all about, you know, give and take. And I know the things that he prefers to be certain ways. And if I would just submit to him and do those things, and he will do the things that I prefer. Um, I think we argue a lot about he said something. Or he thought he said something, and I didn't hear him right. And I said he never said that. And he, I said something, and he said, you didn't say that. I'm like, yes, I did. So it's all about kind of righteous, you know, who's right and who's wrong. And no, you didn't say that. Yes, I did. You know, just the whole argument. Somebody just have to stop. I mean, you just have to say, okay. You're right, whatever. So it's just, you know, stuff like that, silly stuff like that. Um, I think since we've had Cassidy, we probably bicker or fuss a little bit about um, how we deal with her. If I think he's being too harsh or if he thinks I'm being too harsh or if I think his tone is not right with her and, you know, just stuff like that. And um, But never anything real serious. Um, we don't fight much. We really don't fight much. People think we do, but we don't. It's... <laughs> People are always saying we argue. Papa, is that right? I don't know why, but so maybe we don't put off a good. <laughs> it's just communication. That's all. Yeah. Loudly. <laughs> no, we don't yell. 
it's not we don't have a lot of bickering but it's just all those nitpicky things like everybody has yeah yeah when he shaves his head all those little bitty bitsy <laughs> hairs are all over the sink he does he's doing better he's making an effort but stuff like that he doesn't like it if i don't push the toothpaste like up if i squeeze it from the top where it's all full he's like why don't you just push it from the bottom you know stuff like that toilet paper has to be rolled over the top not under the bottom so those are things after 17 years you know if i'm going to put toilet paper on the roll i just put it over the top so i don't have to hear about it later because i'll hear about it later if i don't put it yeah, just he doesn't like it if I make like a sandwich or make something and leave the stuff out while I eat it. He wants to put it all away and then eat it. You know, so stuff like <laughs> stuff like that. You just gotta learn. You'll learn, sister. You'll learn. <laughs> My husband's just saying. <laughs> I think it's men. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> all right. Hello. <laughs> it's Sherry. All right. One more question for you guys. At what point, if at all, have you ever dealt with a lack of physical attraction, and how did you handle that issue? I've never dealt with it. He's never dealt with it. He's been very kind all these years, no matter how much I weigh, how much, what I look like, what my hair looks like. He's never said one word, guys, not one word about my looks, my appearance, not one one thing ever. So, no, and and for me, I mean, I'm kind of the same way, it, and it wasn't, not to say this ugly, but it wasn't his attraction. How could you not be the same way? <laughs> it wasn't his looks that I was attracted to, but um, uh, <laughs> he knows what I mean. But they don't know what you mean. No. All they heard was that you just threw me under a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's just so much. It's about so much more than physical attraction. <laughs> I'll pay. No, it's just it's just about more than that. And I, we really haven't dealt with it. We haven't dealt with it. I think we both wish we were different personally on our own, you know, for our own appearance sake. But we've never we've never dealt with that. So well, thank you guys. Y'all are lovely. <laughs> and thank you for filling in for us. Um, we appreciate that. All right, one last couple, and we'll have an intro video for them. Well, uh, when we were in high school, I was a senior, and she was a freshman. Her name was Vivian Jean Truelove. Okay, I got a guarantee at least. And uh, we were still all. And I was pretty uh, honorary. So there was three of my classmates with me, and only she was at the table, two seniors and one freshman, right? And uh, so I passed the gun around, and gun was a no-no. You can't chew gun instead of all. So she reluctantly <laughs> took a piece of gun, and guess who got caught? She did. And uh, as a result, the teacher made her get up and walk all the way across the study hall and drop her gun, and the rest of, it. No, the rest of us got caught, so she was the only one that got caught. So that was uh, actually one of the first times we had to talk, I guess. I met her at church. I'd seen her at church. Perhaps. I don't remember for sure. I know he started trying to talk to me, and you know he would like for me to have gone out. I'm 14 years old. I said, there's no way my dad's going to let me go with you. And so... Uh, I was 17. Well, anyhow, you were uh, older, and I was not old enough to be dating, so we didn't. And then as time went on, I don't remember, we would go to uh, parties together and various things. So uh, we ended up uh, actually dating on and off. It was a lot of on, a lot of offs. Five years. <laughs> For about five years. And uh, so that was, that was kind of our, our beginning mm -hmm. on that. You really fast forwarded there. <laughs> I remember when I was in service, I was coming home one weekend, and I sent you a note that I would be home Labor Day weekend. Mm -hmm. And I got home Saturday, and you had a date with some other guy. Well, 
I said, we had some olds and offs. I mean, after all, I was, uh, I was young when we first met. And so, you know, we need to kind of explore the field a little bit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so we did. And, well, Labor Day, I was thinking Labor Day. You know, Labor Day is usually on Monday. And so, uh, <laughs> so I guess I was really thinking Labor Day. And, um, yeah, he comes home and uh, we have a date. And so, uh, yeah, that was kind of a little break up there for a while, too, I think. So, she was right that uh, oh. I did cause her a little problem getting her degree because after I out of service uh, in 1954, I started college. That's what she wanted me to do. I never, no one ever on my side of the family ever went to college, or got a degree at least. And uh, she told me she would, thought I should be a, would be a good deal if I went to college. So I took a job, uh, I couldn't make any money, and one day I came in and I said, you really want me to go to college? She said, more than anything in the world, I want you to go to college. I'm willing to work and support you. So the next day I went out and registered at the university, and the rest is history. I did three degrees there. Yeah, I didn't know he was going to go on and off for the next 15 years when I wanted him to go to college. So, you know, he loved it once he got started, and so uh, it he went on and on. <laughs> then uh, we, we married about five years when Regina was born, mm -hmm. our first mm -hmm. daughter, our first child. We had a daughter and a son. Regina was first. Uh, so God has blessed us. We were both, both came teachers, school, school people were about. I taught two years and got into administration. and. She taught uh, a lot of years. Both I taught a lot of years, and my favorite was kindergarten. So we both retired from the public schools in Missouri, and God's blessed us with a good retirement system, and we really enjoy doing now some of the things. And, uh, and, uh, and for our pastime, we both play golf. And uh, I think that uh, that has helped out because actually she's my best friend. And uh, it gives us something new together that we can both do at our age. Uh, we can still play golf, and uh, we play golf together, the two of us, more than any other way. So that's it in a nutshell. There's a couple of things I want to tell you as we begin here. The conversation that took place with this young couple over here when we got married could never have happened at a university even. Can you believe that societal change has been that much? And they, I started to college in 1954. And that, con that conversation probably would never have taken place even in a setting like this. And that's interesting. I'm glad that we are open now and we can talk. Uh, the second thing that I didn't mention in the film is I had to ask permission to get married. I was in service and I, was a, I only had three stripes. And if you only had three stripes, you had to go to your commanding officer and ask him if he, for his permission to get married. If I would have been a first three grader, I wouldn't have had to, but I did. And I want to tell you something, uh, something else that I always do. I still do. I still go on, when we go out to the garage to get in the car to leave, I open the door for her. Now, the reason I do this, my Corvette is sitting beside it, and I don't want her to push the door out against it. Corvette came to the garage. We love you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here. <laughs> o2. O2 Corvette. All right, are you guys ready for your questions? No, but we'll take them. You'll take them anyway? Okay. <laughs> All right, after years of being together, what do you think a practical picture of love looks like? Well, uh, well if he's hesitating, I will. <laughs> I think it's the fulfillment of the wedding vow I took over 55 years ago to love, whether it's better, worse, sickness, health, whatever. I think that's the fulfillment of love, at least for me. We're not going to do that. 
like the president last night. He talked 13 minutes answering one question, so we're not going to take that much time. The practical uh, picture of love is helping out the dishes without being asked. Sometimes I do it, well, what do you, I ask her, what would you like me to do? And she said, well, I'd like for you to do this without asking me what needs to be done. Look around. Can't you see what needs to be done? I want you to go ahead and do it. Well, that's practical application of love. Making sure that your partner wishes are carried out above or before your own wishes is a good idea, guys, uh, if you want to have peace and complacency. Also, being able to communicate. I think this is probably, and this has been illustrated in talking to the other two couples here, communication is the most important aspect of marriage relationship because if you can't communicate, pretty soon you'll drift apart. So you got, that's key. Uh, if you look in the other person's eye, you can see the desires there. And a practical application of love is to carry out those wishes without even having to ask, okay? And I guarantee if you do this, the rewards will be fulfilling. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what does love entail? I'm sorry. What does love entail? That's question two. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I don't know of a better definition for that than the one given in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. And uh, it, it would be good if you can't recite that, if you might go home and at least read it because it tells us that love is patient, it's kind, it doesn't envy, that it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, and it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, which I think that's really a, a good thing there, and does not delight in evil, rejoices with the truth, and always protects, trusts, hopes, and preserves. So I don't know how you could better define love and uh, what it entails than that. Oh, Vivian mentioned chapter 13 of Corinthians that describes love, what it love entails, and, and that's good, that's good. Uh, I was in the Air Force, as I already mentioned, in 1953 when we were married, and we were married by Chaplain Major Palsgrove. And Major Palsgrove gave us a document uh, as we uh, left the uh, chapel after he married us. And it's entitled, So You're Getting Married. And uh, it talks about cultivating the spirit of romance and courtship. Guys, you don't quit after you get married, you know. You, you, this is not an end in itself. You keep this up if you want to keep, and gals too, if you want to keep your marriage viable and, and exciting. Um, it talks about some practical matters, and if love is to grow, then mind, spirits, and appreciation must grow. This has been a great guide for us, and I've given a copy of this to Jamie and Nathan, so if you're ever interested in it, she has a copy of it. Uh, it was an excerpt of a uh, document provi provided, prepared by Dr. Edward B. Willingham, pastor of the National Baptist Memorial Church, and Washington, D.C., uh, and it's a real guide, and, and as a pastor, when I married couples, I always gave them a copy of, of this for their uh, guidance as they went in, went forth with their wedding. But uh, it's worked for us, and uh, it, it'll work for you, so if you get to that point where you're thinking about it, you might go to... Jamie and ask her for a copy of that. How does love, how does, I love the word mold. It sounds like it's moldy. How does it mold or, and grow or change? Uh, in bacteriology, you found out how mold grows, didn't you? <laughs> you leave it alone, it gets dirty. <laughs> uh, I think togetherness is important. 
you know, the important thing in, in developing a, a successful marriage. Uh, she was my best friend. I told you that in the film, and uh, we played golf together. We we travel together. We work together. We're retired now, so we have a lot of time together. We're together 24/7 also. <laughs> um, and uh, as you go through your life, I think it's good if you learn to play together, a new game, or do new things, uh, achieve a new skill together. Or, uh, you may have heard that birds of a feather flock together. Those of you who are measuring in biology you know this. Uh, and uh, marriage usually develops in, with new friendships. And here it's important that you be careful of what friendships you cultivate. Uh, be sure that you travel with friends of Christian character and high moral standards. Um, and uh, you heard Brandy and Sean say that financially, financial was the biggest problem they had when they got married, probably as most young marriages. It was with ours, without a doubt. So you have to be careful of credit because you can sink in a pool of that and it's very, very difficult to get out. Uh, plastic is so easy to get the things that you want and uh, then you find yourself over your head and this uh, uh, next to communication may be the second most difficult problem that marriage, married couples have to deal with is that of dealing with finance uh, because credit can dig a hole that is difficult to get out of. I'll make my answer short. I think it just depends on you and your spouse because it does not always remain a honeymoon. It's a life's work with determination. And so, I, again, we've mentioned communication, and I agree that's one of the most important things in the marriage. All right. What words of godly wisdom can you offer young pre-married couples? If it is extremely cliche, Please explain why it is so beneficial. Well, I would tell you, uh, wait until marriage to fulfill your sexual desires. That's probably the best wisdom I can give you. Remembrances of premarital escapades might come back to haunt you. Well, again, I'm going to refer to the Bible because in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, 14th verse gives good advice about being, uh, not being unequally yoked together. And um, I'm, I'm not sure of the interpretation of this. I think there are probably different feelings about it. But I think the best advice that I can glean from it is that uh, both individuals have a genuine relationship with God and are seeking his plan for their lives. Great. Though men and women are equal in value and worth, how has male headship influenced decision-making roles and or growth of your relationship? Has the structure of male headship been important in your marriage? Well, I think it's the male's responsibility, both spiritually and financially, to be the leadership, provide the leadership uh, in, in the marriage. Now, that doesn't mean that being Mr. Mom wouldn't work in some cases. Uh, it has, in cases, uh, uh, worked very well, but uh, man should, the male should take the spiritual and, and financial leadership in the marriage. But marriage is not an autocracy headed by either the male or the female partner. Uh, Vivian and I always discuss the decisions that are going to affect us. Uh, I make all the big decisions. Who will vote for president? She decides where we're going to live. <laughs> but neither of us make decisions on our own that would impact the other one. And I think that as you go through marriage, if you keep that in mind because uh, it's a partnership and uh, it takes the worth of work of both partners to make a successful marriage. 
Well, I have to agree with at least part of his answer there, uh, that we, we do agree on major, major issues like uh, <laughs> where, where, where our children are going to college and uh, the houses that we bought or where we went to church and these, these kind of things. And I'm going to be real nice to him because I must say he's always treated me with great respect and tried to please me with the choices that we have made. And maybe this is because I've tried to follow the advice that was given to me on our wedding day, and that was, feed him when he's hungry. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> she is the baby of seven siblings, and her father, bless his heart, he was a great man. He spoiled her. And she told me when we got married, she was spoiled, and that she expected I would continue this tradition. <laughs> and it's worked pretty well. All right. Did you ever contemplate divorce? No. No. <laughs> uh, we were both from very stable homes. Uh, my parents were married over 50 years, and his uh, probably 65. And uh, the word divorce was just a rather isolated word in our, in our household. I think the same thing in his. I had six siblings and none divorced. He had four. It was not a divorce. So uh, we grew up in that era when it wasn't so common. So no, we never considered that. All right. When you do your quiet times with God, do you do them together, separate, but at the same time, or at different times of the day? Well, usually our quiet time is uh, uh, at breakfast time, when we get up in the morning, we get the coffee made, the breakfast on, and we have our quiet time. Uh, we pray together and read the Bible separately, though sometimes questions are raised by one or the other, and we'll discuss it. And uh, that's, that's usually our quiet time is early in the morning. That's she agrees. Same. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> we would hope. Do you have, a <laughs> 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 you have, have you ever wished that you didn't get married? No. Well, in almost 56 years of marriage, there might have been a few moments when I thought about it. <laughs> No, he's going to well, I, I can back that up. She did tell me once she was going to her brother's for a while. All right. Um, let's see. I think this is our last question. Yes. Looking back, what would you have liked to have known about your spouse before you married them? Well, we dated for almost five years, so we knew a lot about each other. Uh, uh, I didn't know she was as frugal as she is. Uh, I, uh, I like things. I have a Corvette. <laughs> and it, it, was, it was difficult for me to convince her that I should have it. He'd always want a sports car, and he said, I'm rather frugal. So, finally I decided, well, you know, if he were to die, I'd look at him and say, you know, he always wanted a sports car, and I would let him have one. So, we finally decided, it's okay, he can have a Corvette. <laughs> it was not necessary that I knew, however, uh, but it had been very helpful. <laughs> and... Uh, I thought there was a question here, what's the biggest struggle we had? I would like to oh. talk about that. That one. We have time. Um, our biggest struggle was financial, of course, as, as I said, after... You're jumping ahead on her question. No, she said that was the last one, did you? You can go ahead and answer that okay. one. That's fine. I'm just trying to make sure that we get out here on time. So yes, go okay. ahead and Let me, let me do this quickly. Part. Yes. There's, there's a point I want to make here to all of you. Uh, after discharge in the Air Force, I was, I was in college and my income was low. She wanted me to go to school, as we said in the, uh, in the, in the film. Um, and she was willing to sacrifice so that we could go. Uh, but we always had been very independent and were hesitant to go to either of our families for help. As we began to seriously pay tithes, our financial worries became less and less. That's what I wanted to point out to you. Uh, 
when I was in the doctoral program, she said to me, you know we ought to pay towels, and I say, yes, and I put $5 in the plate. And she said when we got home, now that's not paying ties. And I said, yes, I know, and I put 10 in the plate. But I want to tell you guys and gals, we decided to make that commitment. And since we made that commitment, we have never, ever missed that money. And it wasn't long after we made that commitment to my ties our tithes was more than I was making at the time. So God will bless your marriage if you make a commitment to him and a commitment is, of, is your finance, not only your finances, but your talent and your work. But that would be one of the most important things you can do in a marriage is to commit yourself to God both financially and uh, spiritually. I want to make that point, Jamie. For Thank that. you. I really appreciate that. Because it is really blessed. And we, that's the first. She takes care of it. She knows how much we make. She writes the check. And, and I carry it and put it in the offering. <laughs> Thank you so much. Weren't all these couples great? Give them a hand, please. And thank you guys for your questions. Weren't they good questions? And weren't they brave to answer all of this? <laughs> all right, so we've got a few gifts for our couples since we've got Valentine's Day coming up. And we know everybody likes to go out to eat on Valentine's Day. And so we've got, I'm hoping I'm doing this right because I'm hoping I'm getting things people like. But I know that Allison likes Red Lobster. So I've got a gift certificate for Chachi and Allison to Red Lobster. And everybody has to like Cheesecake Factory, so I assume that Sean and Brandy might like that. And then I know the Kendricks come from the Mexican food loving family that they have, so we have on the border, but they could also go to Chili's or Macaroni Grill or any of those on us. Thank you very much. Thank you guys so much. And if you guys don't mind kind of piling up the chairs to the side, in a little while we'll turn on the swing music and we'll get to dancing a little bit. All right? <laughs> 